The Protect Your Neck Podcast, UFC Charlotte Breakdown, picks, plays, and whatever else comes our way. Let's go to work. Hot air hangs like a dead man from a white oak tree. People sitting on porches thinking how things used to be. Dark night. It's a dark night. Dark night. It's a dark night. Hey yo, what's up everybody? Dan Tom here, the host of this year show, the Protecting Neck Podcast. You might see me at MMAJunkie.com, Action Network. Uh, but yeah, this is uh, this is here the, uh, the the pirate ship, if you will, the shit show. Probably more apt to script. Either way, thank you guys for waiting. Appreciate you as always. Uh, see y'all already hitting that like button. Appreciate it. Share this out for visibility. That always helps, especially with the way uh, Twitter has kind of uh, and social media in general rewards things and and. and Twitter in particular, where usually you can find me at this little uh, address here, as you can see, at DanTomMMA. It's where I'm usually most active, but these days, a little, uh, little tough. Uh, trying to take a break as much as I can from there, but, uh, you know, uh, until I find a home, that's where I'm going to keep posting my stuff for now. And keep annoying the haters, which uh, didn't realize I have so many, but they actually add to the aforementioned algorithm, so welcome one and all. Of course, the positive people, I do appreciate it. We're going to try to keep this positive. We did last week. We had a great show last week with my guy Clint at Die Hard MMA. Shouts to Clint. Fantastic guest, uh, as he was uh, overdue to have on this show, as he's had me on mine, like, or had me on his, I should say, like so many more times. So thanks, everybody, for uh, the likes and all that stuff. My guy James Kendrick in the house. We got Jimmy Kudo, Rain Lamina. Uh, Dan, even though you are late, I still appreciate PC pun today. Appreciate you, Rain. Ghost Phantom. Love it when Dan the Noise Haters. I'm I'm learning to love it too because it is funny. Uh, they uh, For the crowd that says, you know, uh, soft and crying and victim, they, they sure cry a lot like victims while we're out here doing. So we're going to continue to do because the best revenge is living... Well, not really, because that's probably the reason why they're hating anyways. But yeah, you know, the best revenge, as they say, as I'll brutalize the comment, is, uh, you know, just just uh, living a good life. Synchro Wing. Clint was great. I hope our group was not too obnoxious. Now, you guys were great. Uh, I told Clint we had a small group here, but a hardcore uh, group of real ones. Um, you know, and uh, just 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 people I appreciate, and uh, you guys actually made me look good on that. So you guys delivered just that, and uh, Clint uh, gave his appreciations and shared some nuggets with you guys last week as well. Um, so that definitely was a good show. I'm doing the walk and talk. I just a little bit of less. I don't have to do like the share live. I just got to make sure it's uh it, it's on on the uh, old uh, Twitter machine is going, and we'll be good to go. Was gonna finish off the southpaw. We're not even finish off. Uh, you know, uh, do an addition because I already have the timestamps and everything. I'll have analysis for you guys for um, Morono and Tim Means. But you know, between uh, getting getting chirps in the comments to uh, to you know just trying to uh, uh, punch in and account for my betting again. 
I was really bad about it last week. I was just kind of shit stormed, uh, you know, as far as anytime I picked up my phone, it was uh, something or the other. But as I always say, um, I think it, I think it's just Dan Tom MMA to keep it easy where you can find me. You just type that in if you're on the Action app, um, and I do the third-party tracking via the Action app because I work for the Action Network. Funny that is, right? And um, and yeah, so uh, you guys can track my action there, uh, plug stuff, and I want to make sure I was at least caught up before the podcast and not look. I'll always look a bit irresponsible, and I deserve so, but not look extra irresponsible by not having it logged. You know, even though I'm kind of ridiculously accountable. Again, the previously mentioned crybabies, right? You got to make sure that everything's in order and they're still gonna cry but you know still trying to cover my end which is something I've been doing since day one uh, since I started doing this uh, almost a decade ago publicly at least so get that same energy keeping that same energy let's keep this train going everything looks good um, from what I see as far as uh, socials go so the shows uh, the shows going and post it so that's all good um, we're gonna just do you know the normal format again for people who aren't familiar I keep the same format People complain about show length or, uh, you know, uh, getting annoyed with me. For one, I'm annoyed with me too. I hate listening to me. Um, I wouldn't like me if I were you. So that's the funny thing. Like, he's like, oh, he's butthurt about it. Like, no, no, I'm just out of principle, stupidity, racism, death threats, rape threats uh, to family uh, members, uh, significant others, even pets. Yeah, that shit I don't really stand for, you know? I'm like, oh, he's a liberal. Like, I, I, I fucking no way I'm a fucking any definition of a liberal. Especially what's going on in this goddamn country. And that doesn't mean I'm on the right either. I don't like either sides or any of that game. But you express some care for, you know, life and stuff. People just like, like, and they get all, they get all butthurt because you don't, you know, want innocent people targeted or murdered, God forbid. But, um... <laughs> Before I, 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 I completely uh, lose the thread, yeah, people are always complain, and, and yes, so uh, for those people, again, I don't like that stuff, but again, it's cool to not like me, and for that reason, since I've been doing this for, you know, the podcast version for over half, half a decade, I always keep the same format, which is I'll recap the previous show uh, from top to bottom, we will break down the upcoming show, or shows, I'll talk a little Bellator, don't worry, 296, from top to bottom. And then I do something that most shows do not do, and I recap my picks and plays at the very end. So if you really don't like listening to me and even want to just jip me, and you'll still be contributing to my engagement, by the way, yes, you will jip me on certain demographics of that engagement. I open myself up to it. It's fine because even if you don't like me, spoiler alert, I don't like me that much, uh, I account for that and and try to you know account for you guys, you know, or I should say... Uh, not convene, make convenient. Uh, what's the word? Uh, but yeah, I, I try to make it available for you guys. So just jump to the back just if you want to see the picks and plays. So uh, yeah, and then I even went uh, up a notch and got the uh, timestamps in. So before I now get called out for complaining, for defending myself from the rocks being thrown at one side of the crowd, then the other crowd will be like, you're complaining. Let me go on to the recap where a decent crowd, a percentage of the complaining crowd will still say I'm complaining, even though I'm simply just recapping picks and plays. And oftentimes, when I get passionate about something, it's something that it's because I've been shouting for years. And it's usually nothing I even have a bet on, and I keep the same energy whether I have the better or not. But it's something I've been shouting for years, and then I get called complaining. But then you get weeks like this where people are talking about oversaturation. Judge Derek Cleary. Uh, another thing that I'm, I'm forgetting right now. But just many of the things that I have shouted till blue in the face 
on this podcast and cannot seem to get any acknowledgement for. It now seem to be the, the soup du jour talking point this week. But uh, yeah, anyways, I'm going to try to keep it as fast as possible, keep the energy from last week, and try to keep it just a business. I will uh, get to you guys as I can. A little bit more touch up, uh, touching up in the chat, and then we will be on our way. Krumbopolis Rosen, Southpaw Report is great for me. Since match stance matchups are important, they're very important, and, and, and there's there, there's some fun stuff. Um, even though I'm pressed for time, uh, I just you know, which is an, an excuse why I don't do the video stuff. And you know, it, I've improved it, so I don't I don't know why I got to keep defending myself and qualifying here. But this is one of those Southpaw reports where like there was some cool stuff. I actually had time to watch a uh, you know uh, Ian Machado Gary for once. I really haven't really had time to break him down on this program. Really even ha- ha- uh, really even you know haven't had time to, to watch him live because he's usually despite being 170 that's borderline between big guy to small guy uh still ends up on the prelims because big guy gotta be on main card whatever the main card is right i'm sure um you know how that goes folks but again you know oh that that, that that's been getting mentioned too again hmm who's been who's been calling this trend for years i don't know someone who complains that's who folks um so yeah uh let's uh, the professional timestamps, by the way. Yeah, that's the Jack Slack guy. Shout out to the Jack Slack timestamps, dude. Uh, I will add those in, again, of course, right after. And I usually add those instead of eating as I'm usually starving by the end of this show. But again, uh, nobody cares. Work harder! Uh, okay, so for... Um, oh, uh, we'll do it. Uh, I'll do my, my D-Love uh, turmeric shouts here. Uh, let's just do it right now. Look at this, because it looks, it looks so cold and, and good right here. Turmeric tonic from my guy D Love. D Love. He does the underscore thing that I do for uh, for uh, on Instagram. And uh, apologies, I'm if I'm a little slow. Uh, that was one account again because of uh, you know people finding uh, random family members sending them death threats, rape threats to my girlfriend. I actually had to to to, to do that private while I figure out because I'm a boomer and I don't understand the privacy stuff as much on the old Instagram. Um, so apologies if I haven't gotten to your ad. If I've seen like that you're a friend of like Southpaw Pod or like, cause I'm just playing the odds at this point, right? This is a gambling show, and I'm like, so if I I see, you know, like Southpaw Pod or like you know a rainbow flag, I'm like, probably not an asshole. All right, ad. <laughs> and then if I see like Bro Pick sixty nine, fuck Biden. And I'm like, uh, I don't like Biden either, but you probably don't like me, okay? <laughs> so. <laughs> Apologies, I just gotta, I gotta, I gotta play bouncer at the club there for a second. But uh, as it goes for my um, Instagram handle, um, you got my guy uh, D Love underscore uh, Turmeric underscore Tonic the TurmericTonic.com to find some of this golden goodness. Really helping me, and I'm remembering why I need to drink it because, again, you know, is it as tasty as you know your favorite dessert? Of course, it's not. It's a two different things here. But when you really wire yourself and really educate yourself on the benefits of lem- uh, not just lemon, mainly turmeric, as well as ginger there, two th- ingredients that I cut into my smoothies that take up a massive amount of time that I just finished one. But I'm just so sore um, from wrestling. Uh, from wrestling, I got to make sure my body's recovered because, you know, that's what victims do. They go wrestle and then they go uh, work, you know, 60-plus uh, hours a week. Uh, and achieve shit. That's definitely victim mentality shit. And to support that, I gotta make sure my inflammation is down. So I got some good turmeric uh, going on here. Mmm. That's actually really good. By the way, I gotta get my guy Billy Welks on the show. And this is not, I'm not gonna advocate. This is all health stuff. 
Um, but I may or may not have tried to make my own version of a painkiller with uh, <laughs> with this stuff <laughs> to get the you know the uh, the instant and the uh, homeopathic uh, internal effects kind of both if you know what I mean. And I know who makes a good painkiller, Billy Welks, my guy Bill Welker. Uh, MMA on the rocks over there. I haven't shouted him in a while. Always a good dude over there. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, I got, I'm, he's overdue to be on the podcast too. Maybe I'll do some kind of thing where we'll do some kind of sponsor where I will I will pay to get some of this sent to South Florida to Bill Welks, and um, and uh, we will have a and it'll be an unfair competition and it'll be just like you know because uh, because Billy's a pro with mixing drinks and I don't know my thumb from my own ass uh, when it comes to that but I think that would be kind of a fun thing to do and could work in the uh, it's not even a real you know a, a, a real like hardcore corporate thing because this is a, I actually know this uh, this guy this is a good dude we have a good relationship uh, he takes he, he, he he's taken care of me many times um, this is something that I would honestly shout out but if you want to get yours just go to the turmerictonic.com use code protect15 for 15% off. I know my guy Joey David already reached out, said he was going to do some. Let me know if you guys are doing it. Let me know if you guys, uh, what you guys think as well. I know that uh, my guy D-Love would also like to know. There, that's the shout. Let's get on with it. So, let's look at the time. Bada-bang! 12 minutes. Um, we'll write 13 there. Alright, USC 288. We went 7-5 and five overall in picks. Just run the positive percentage there this week. For whatever that's worth. Um, not much because the ones that I track are the main card, which I went another two and three again. Um, just another reason why I'm very critical of what goes on the main card because that's what comprises my stats. And we know how kind people are with stats as not so much I was reminded as I really called at the beginning of this year uh, when I first started doing the third party. I've always been transparent. But what did I say, folks? I said, I am going to get, watch, I'm going to get hit with a my, my, my bad shit storm that everybody's like, okay, now you're due. 2023, you fucking dick for the last year and a half. Uh, it's time, it's time now. And then um, and and I'm like, no, 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 no. I, I'm I'm tracking third party, which means I will continue to eat shit in a, an equivocal level that I've never done so before. Ding! And which will allow for people to use the low hanging fruit and stats, bros. Another reason why I fucking hate stats. Oh, do I hate them more after this last week? Because uh, people that can't do basic comprehension because they're either too dumb and too much of a hater. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, can come by and use it to throw at me uh, and kick someone while they're down. Ding, ding, ding. So yeah, I should say that I called that. I guess we went one and zero in straight plays, two and seven in props, one out of four in the round robin, which means none for the round robin, which also means. 0-1 for the long shot parlay. Those are always small bets. Those, uh, you know, the the, the uh, four round robin legs equate to six combinations plus the long shot long shot parlay equals uh, seven. So again, when you go to those aggregated third party uh, things for the Action Network, it'll be like he has 13 or 11 bets today. And you're like, look at this motherfucker throwing away money. But if you look at it, at least seven bets, no matter what number of bets you have to, as long as I have the round robin in play. Seven of those bets are like .17, and you know, with a long shot being what, as low as two dollars on average, five dollars. I mean, we're talking about just over a unit total. All that shit strung together, but it represents seven bets. So, and you're gonna welch on those more often than not, whether you're losing like me, or even if you're winning, you're still not gonna have a great record as far as like if we're looking at like a season record. What? The Bulls are fucking ten and thirty-seven. Holy shit. Uh, even worse than that, which is mine. But uh, 
if you look at it, um, I think I'm still only down like uh, uh, I better look at. Well, I was down seven units and change, and then I only we only came up short total, just under a half unit. Aim small, miss small, right? Just like I said prior, keeping that same energy and look. You know, even though I missed some, uh, you know, a loser this week and loser this year, I ain't hiding it, folks. Never have been. But uh, but yeah, that that does. I again, I'm not like I'm saying anything that's untrue. You know, aim small, miss small, and my misses are, you know, in total like. I don't need to direct energy to other people because I want other people to win too. So I ain't even gonna play that game, make myself feel better. But it is ironic. Like there, there's a bunch of people like down way more this year. But uh, when you um, either have success, and I'm not even that successful. Like the funny thing is, I don't even have crazy followers. So this whole campaign to like, you know, downvote and get my shit down. Like you know, it's kind of funny. Like you guys realize, like. Uh, just because I'm with Junkie or... I, I don't even have the blue check anymore. Usually it was because I'm with Junkie and I have a blue check. I get targeted. I don't have the fucking blue check anymore. I don't have a lot of followers. Like, these fucking, like, you know, other accounts have way more than me. And they're actually, like, charging people. Like, you know, there's people with made more followings in the media. And they're not charging people. But they're posting plays uh, that they don't even bet. Forget tracking. Forget this or that. Forget accounting for wins and losses. But I was the guy that was targeted. Um... But, uh, yeah, I don't want to get, get too much down that hole, but uh, it's either haters and or, which is funny, it happened right around the third Rikus Duplessis stuff. So I guess that's motivation, which is really saying something about um, the people in the MMA gambling Twitter coming, at, uh, coming after me for accountability, which is always a funny thing, whether it's, like, people that want to, like, act like they're fucking Dick Tracy on that website and, like, they're some fucking make themselves feel special because we all do at the end of the day. It's human nature. But it's clearly what they're doing. Um, or it's like the you know some random dude just today who's just like, I hope I meet you someday and I hope we meet on the streets. Uh, and I'm like, you know you're saying this from a account. You don't even show your, you don't have enough balls to show your face on your avatar. And you expect me to, to believe you want to meet me on the streets when I'm somebody who posts my gym and my workout schedule in public places on many different forums for multiple years. But okay. Keep that same energy, bro, from the burner account. Um... Yeah, so I always love that accountability thing. Something to keep in mind, uh, you know, on who you're idolizing out there. Again, you don't gotta like me, but I keep it fucking real, um, both in this field and what the fuck we're talking about. Things most people don't do in this space, even the ones, especially the ones, oftentimes that claim to. So again, you don't gotta like me. I don't like me, but I'm much more real than most of these motherfuckers, and would gladly love the opportunity to prove it to a lot of people. Um, but yeah, we went, uh, what else? Jesus, Dan. Oh yeah. So that, that, that was the overall recap. Of course, Aljamain Sterling defeated Henry Cejudo. Again, it, I, I don't really care. This was, uh, like I often do. I'm, I'm very cautious on how I want to end my night. I, I stayed away from this one. Um, picked Cejudo by decision. I ended up scoring it, leaning toward him by decision, 48, 47, giving him rounds two and three. I thought three was the swing round. Two could have also been a swing round. Felt comfortable giving Sterling's round one and four. Felt comfortable giving Cejudo round five. Um, but I'm not surprised, and I'm very happy for Sterling to have gotten it because even me as somebody who, and again, the fight was over, the bets were in, I didn't even bet on this fight. I like Sterling more than Cejudo personally, so any kind of bias you want to accuse me, like, I, I guess, okay. The only bias, I guess, is for my picking and my record bias. Um, but again, even as somebody who still leans to Hudo, was I was not confident at all. In fact, 
uh, I was like talking to myself aloud when scoring the fight, like going like, dude, he needs to be scoring more. His his own corner, by the way, was even saying, score more, strike, score more. They seem to understand the criteria. Probably smart people in that corner, like Santino DeFranco. Either way, um, I totally agree with those criticisms. I was I was saying the same things from those front headlock positions. Wasn't doing enough. Um, and even when he started pressuring to pressure it and then counter off the body work and build off that, which is what he should have been doing the whole time, obviously easier said than done. Obviously coming off a layup. Obviously needed to find his sea legs, dealing with the reach, etc. in those early rounds, right? Even in the round I gave to him, the first half, you know, did not look pretty in a lot of exchanges for Cejudo. But yes, round five comes forward. I didn't rewatch it a second time, so I'm not gonna. I, I, I'm not gonna say um, that uh, I could see how Derek Cleary could have scored it the other way. I just want to say this, and by the way, shout out to my guys uh, Scott Fontana and uh, Dan Urban over at Couchside Judges. I think they did an excellent job breaking down this fight. Um, and you know, I talked to a lot of my media compadres, them, others as well, who are versed in the scoring criteria. And I will say the same thing. And I love them to death, but I always feel like I get like kind of quiet. And feel free if you guys want to address this to me on your own podcast or whatever. It's all good. I listen. I love you guys either way. I support you guys either way. But I always feel like I get like a, a kind of a deadpan stare when I'm like, um, you know, uh, when I talk about whether it's a broad bush in general, as far as like in general, a lot of the common threads for these air quote controversial decisions, whether they're controversial or not, or how controversial we can argue the common thread. A lot of counters, a lot of body work um, in the person we think should get the round and not getting it, right? Or the air quote, better scorecard. I really like how those couch side judges guys word things. But by the way, not just the couch side judges guys, but like Ariel, everybody. I hear this all the time. Everybody says close but clear. Stop saying close but clear. Competitive but clear. Close means it could go either way. Competitive, but cl close but clear is an oxymoron. Competitive but clear is much more uh, explainable. We can show our work for those words and how we got there, how we're using it, the context we're applying it. Competitive is a much more kinder word, a much more easier word for us to use to get to our point in general. Use it. Do not use close but clear, especially when we're talking in the context of criteria, which people that hate the criteria or people that are defending the criteria, whether they realize it or not, what are their common thread in agreeing on it, whether they think they should be rewritten or not, to whatever degree, what is the common thread, is that whether you defend it or whether you're against it, we can all admit that it allows for too much speculation, right? Too much, well, if we overcorrect the steering wheel, something I've called for, right? I mean, I'm hearing people call for that too, right? both on the grappling end, people saying, mm, I think we're, we're over, and I, and I agree, smart people like Chad and Ben, shout out to the co-main event podcast, something I've been saying for years again on this podcast, or just citing that, for, at least for the last couple, because that's when this trend's been going, right? And on the striking end, we get kind of hung up on cumulative versus immediate, and I agree with it, but the problem is it's too speculative where you can just say, the biggest shot of the round and make your argument around that. Now, in a close round when nothing happens, it's definitely a lot easier to make your argument around that. But the problem is, and I've talked to this with high-level judges who agree with this point, is there is the inherent trapping of discounting the cumulative altogether. And when you do that and you're hanging your argument over one shot as opposed to many, even if those many aren't as, air quotes, powerful as the big shot go bang to the head, 
what if that big shot go bang to the head doesn't hit as clearly as you see, right? You know, we'll talk about Tim Means uh, in the second round, I believe, to Max Griffin, which was a crucial round that he got. Uh, and Eric Colon was the only person who gave it to him and ended up having Means winning the fight because Means wins the whole round, but he clearly gets clipped and hurt. But if you're in a bad position, there's a good chance that at least one of those judges, which was this case, Eric Cologne, another guy I respect, um, I, I consider a high-level judge, uh, he misses that, well, then it's going to go to means, right? So you have, to have, you have to be tracking that cumulative work and, you know, again, giving the proper things to body work. And even though I've actually, and I was joking with the guys, I need to stop defending judges because I'll be like, man, these judges get a lot of crap. I remember like back in 2019, I was like, you know what? I noticed that Chris Lee guy, me and him are aligned. I want to shout him out. And then sure enough, the guy goes and turns in like a bunch of like, uh, not a bunch, but like just a couple, mainly particularly Felder RDA scorecard, right? That still gets hung over to this guy's head to this day. And that was like, you know, a couple years ago at this point, right? Um, and and I, I feel like that always happens. And uh, Ben Cartledge, right? I, I Singing his praises. And I still stand by that, even though I disagree with him on fights that were really you know, crucial to my betting bank. Well, that has nothing to do with the the, the way Ben does his job, uh, my relation to Ben, or my thoughts on Ben. I still think he's an elite judge. It has nothing to do with it. I completely separate those things. Uh, he's, he's probably my favorite judge, to be honest, right? But after I say that, what he has, you know, the, the Jan scorecard, um, you know, and then, then, then even like ones that are more explainable, like the Roundtree uh, Jacoby scorecards, um, he gets extra heat for it because he gets that right and then i i feel like i've been giving Derek cleary quietly who's actually been in line with his judges a lot like a chris lee actually who surprisingly statistically in line with his other fellow judges more often than not uh but i, I what do i say on this podcast i don't think he's been getting getting you know getting shit because of this that but he he doesn't seem to be uh you know anytime these close rounds on body work encounters cleary nine times out of ten on the other side and um and, you know, I felt like I was going a bit hard on him. And I've actually recently, you know, in Bellator Hawaii, gave him and the rest of that judging crew a ton of credit. And then sure enough, Cleary, you know, he's just been getting all the attention now. And I'm laughing because I'm just like, again, what is it? Just within this podcast, thing number five that I've been saying for years coming up this week. A uh, little, little frustrating uh, there because I've, I've been saying that. And again, what was Henry Cejudo mainly doing in that round five? Counters and body work. There was also a split round discussed on the Couchside Judges podcast on Below I'm a Gilbert Burns, which we'll move on to. A pick and a bet that did cash for me. Um, and again, uh, you know, Bilal, it was a round where Bilal, and Bilal went to the body a lot, obviously. But again, it was another, you know, one where you're going for the big heavy swings to the head from Burns or the more consistent body work and, 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 and smaller counters from Muhammad, right? Um, and I felt it was pretty clear for Muhammad. I mean, you know, Burns was pretty much out of the fight. I think this was a later round four, I believe, where they were split on again. Who was the who was the one judge that wasn't on the side of the bodywork encounters? Derek Cleary. Again, people are just willing to throw judges under. But I'm actually, I mean, I'm not trying to throw judges under, but I'm actually showing my work here. I just, I, I wish that was acknowledged more. You know, I, uh, both whether it's in private conversation with my peers to the public to where instead of having to just pull my hair out and watch it happen for years before everybody finally goes, hey, you guys notice the sky is blue? And I, me out of breath going, I've been trying to fucking tell you guys. Um, but Bilal Muhammad beats Gilbert Burns. 
Um, again, I'm not gonna pop, bump my chest. Uh, props to people that went big on the fight. I, I don't. I didn't feel like even in hindsight. Again, keeping that same energy, being a good winner, even in hindsight, being right with the pick as well as the bet. I'm still keeping that same energy. I don't feel like this was a fight you could have been confident on. That being said, I, I did say, you know, um, look for a drop-off in one of many forms. Something is going to give on Gilbert Burns, which is what led me to Bilal. And we saw that. Something gave prior to Bilal, but obviously uh, didn't impede him as much, at least from our outside speculation, right? Not taking any credit away from uh, the win, obviously, but... Just saying, trying to acknowledge both sides here so people don't get upset. Uh, next fight, Yan Zhao Nan defeated uh, Jessica Andrade. Um, I guess people expect me to wave out, whip out my Chinese flag and start waving it or some shit. I actually picked Andrade. Uh, and again, I don't want to do that thing where, you know, make you feel bad if you had her in a parlay because, you know, she's a proven product. You know, not that Yan isn't. Yan has quietly developed her own res respectable resume. But yeah, I'm not trying to make you feel bad by saying I'm glad I stayed away from it. But yes, I am glad I stayed away from Andrade. Uh, happy for Zhao Nan. Um, I feel like both the stoppages we'll talk about here and in Dober. I don't think um, take away from who the winner was going to be in those fights. And I definitely do not want to take away from the victory. So I want to make that clear. That being said, and I hate to complain. I'd rather complain on this side of it than complain on the late side of it. So why are you complaining, Dan, right? If it's really in the name of safety. You know, I don't want, yeah. That being said, I'm still keeping the same energy with safety more than athletic commissions. But don't, Dan. You wonder why you have so many enemies. You keep fucking being a dick to people. Um, whether they deserve it or not. Yeah. Um. I do feel like it was a little. You know, they could have let it go maybe a little longer. On on those without taking away or saying that I think the outcome would have been any different for what it's worth. Mozvar Ivloyev defeated Diego Lopez. Uh, like I said on Twitter, my rewatch at Dan Tom MMA. Uh, this was really fun. Um, Diego Lopez, again, shout out to the co main event podcast guys that are doing their pledge month. Uh, go sign up to their Patreon. A really good one. Two good dudes. Uh, Triple G show. Gorgeous Georgian goes. Uh, another shout out to colleagues there. But this kind of a matchup sparks the conversation of, like, again, something I've been talking about for, for a while now uh, that we've seen trending. Um, people not giving enough credit to submission catches, and we need metrics for these things. I mean, if a submission catch gets you a point in a jiu-jitsu tournament, um, you know, again, if, we're, if we are... Uh, I suggest using this for your judging rounds to not lose track of cumulative. It's like the carnival games where you're spraying the water gun into the hole and makes your horsey gallop. Uh, depending on how accurate you're spraying it into the hole, it'll gallop more paces, and everybody's trying to get their horses, and you're racing it right. So, like, maybe it's a jab to the head, one pace, power cross, two to three paces, right? You can kind of go from there. Um, you know, uh, I, you know, again, you know, maybe a jab and a good strike is, you know, two to four paces or something, or two to maybe a, a decent strike, not like a power cross, but like a decent jab or something is even two to three paces or two paces. I feel like a submission catch should be, you know, one, especially if it's a joint manipulative one that could have done damage despite it not getting there, like the knee bar that made Evil have wince, uh, so on and so forth. Again, these guys, what was the other Dagestani guy who somehow is now running, um, that flyweight kid, um, like, uh, they, they can still win the fight, you know, obviously and deservedly so. I'm not saying it needs to reverse the round. Of course, we have to take in for granted the context of the round. But yes, it should be catching for something. Um, 
Uh, yeah, and hopefully they put Evil Eleven a five rounder. Because again, love would rather see those than just the constant big boys and the random WMMA fight. Uh, and Diego Lopes Lopez in a uh, fun action fight. Charles Jordan defeated Kron Gracie. This fight happened. Props to Jordan for being disciplined. It's not as fun as it looks, obviously. And, uh, yeah, I uh, should have stuck with my initial feel on this one. I was initially leaning toward Jordan to do that. But um, after, uh, you know, I didn't get swayed. I'm not not, not blaming anybody else or anything because I went and did my own tape study on it and came to the Kron conclusion. Because, like, even in fights like with Andre Uhl, uh, Jordan like was giving his back like standing just trying to get, get away and like Andre Ull was not a back take it was like oh let me just grab the back because it's there and he wouldn't do anything with it but like he was giving it so badly guys who weren't known for it were like oh okay I'll take it and I'm like shit okay this is gonna be this is one of those ones where okay fuck yeah maybe Kron is gonna is gonna win this one I'm not on that many dogs whatever and I, I, I'm glad at least I didn't take like a big shot I think it was only like a half a unit exposure what did I play a Gracie round one sub at a big number, and then my air quote hedge, which I'm going to do this time. We'll see. I feel it's a more truer, true out two outcome fight, uh, the one this uh, coming up this week. But uh, I also did a little sprinkle Jordan round three um, for the hedge to catch. Um, and of course, I'm disappointed and will never bet Jordan round three again, which means he is definitely going to win in round three next time. Matt Steamroller Frivola defeated Drew Dober again. Was uh, rewatched this one was 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 good was was, was good. Uh, Dober was hurting to the body every time, but didn't build off. And I'm not trying to be fucking quarterback. Drew Dober is amazing. I, I suck. Uh, you know. Um, uh, the only the only the only thing we have in common is a giant head, except his is handsome. So. Not trying to, definitely not trying to, you know, come at my guy Drew and just saying as a, as a passionate Southpaw who loves body work and body building, he started it off so beautifully, and he was hurting him with the hardest thing and the most sacrificing thing, which is changing your level and really committing with that too, right? Um, I wanted to see more front kicks. Drew Dober's got a nice rear power tie kick for the middle kick. Uh, you know, you, you vary the front kick and the middle kick plus his two to the body. And then that's going to open up all the crosses and head kicks upstairs all day. And you you build. Easier said than done, I know. Steamroller is very talented himself. And Steamroller made the read uh, and punished him for it. Very happy for Matt Frivola. Um, uh, and, uh, and and for his team, man. Uh, you know, Team Sarah Longo. Well, what a night for them. Shouts to Ray Longo. Uh, how can you not, you know, uh, love that guy? Uh, he's like, you know, everyone's Italian grandpa there, you know, and I mean that with all due respect. Um, so, yeah, man, just, just prop, mad props to Steamroller there. Uh, you know, we ate, we ate shit on that pick, but again, I was so riding high from the uh, Kennedy uh, nunchucks, which we'll get to here. Kennedy and Chukwu defeated Devin Clark. Brown beards, I had a burp, goddammit. Ah! Uh, sorry, <laughs> sorry for your ears there. Um, but that one went just as, just as I said, man, I, you know, um, Apologies for the victory lapping, which I know I shouldn't have to apologize for. And it sucked because I look like an asshole. I'm like, Dan, usually I, 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 I was like, between me not being able to watch the rest of the fights and just the hellfire that I can't, got thrown under from random fucking, uh, you know, um, ah, screw it, I'll say it because it'll hurt their feelings more. Racist dudes uh, online to... Uh, all the betting people that tried to pile on me and kick me while I'm fucking down uh, in multiple ways. Um, yeah, man, it just it just felt good because everyone's just like like someone said to the that idiot. Uh, I've got the I've got the trotsman uh, who can't show his fucking face. Um, and 
I see everybody who, who follows and supports people like that, by the way. But um, if we want to fucking start holding people accountable and want to keep the same energy that guy has, oh, I can keep that fucking same energy because I always have and will. Um, and can keep it more than just online. Um, but yeah, as people pointed out to these f- fuckers, because plural, there are many of them, and rightfully so, thanks for you, thankfully to you guys too. That's another thing. Not even so much the realization. There's always that surprise realization. Like, oh, wow. There's more roaches in here than I realized. Especially whenever something of like, you know, race, gender, um, somebody is God forbid gay or something. I don't know. Whatever, you know, again, the cry more crowd is crying about, ironically. Um, What bums me out and surprises me more than that is the other side. The amount of people who are cowards, don't say anything. Not that I need anybody to fight my battles, but are just, you know, if if what I or others are talking about is non-existent or overblown, then why the fuck is everybody so afraid to even acknowledge it or anything around it? Probably because a guy like me can make a joke. And the people who, leave comedy alone, you woke fuckers, you guys cry, uh, will be crying about a joke. Even though I'm not calling for anybody to be canceled, I'm saying in the very same sentence of the joke that I look forward to covering more of their career because they're a a good fighter. And we're going to see more of them. But nope, the cry more, I hate cancel culture, stay away from comedy crowd, cried about a joke, and spent the whole week calling for my job. Which is hilarious because, like, that's what, you guys realize how media work? Like, that's, that's what they want, like... I didn't want them to cut that out. It was the same joke that I made on this podcast a billion times. But I make it on a bigger show because of the way media works. This is where we do agree. I'm not a fan of this shit either. the, The ironic part is, like, I'm not even a guy who likes this crazy attention. Um, like, you know, like... And, uh, and yeah, like, I got, you know... Uh, I got thrown out there, but, uh, you know... It's it's a part of the job. Like if I if I'm expecting sympathy or anybody like to defend me, like no no that's that's a part of the job. But like yeah, like, I agree that's, that's the way it works. Like I didn't ask for it. It's the way it was. I just woke up just like swatting my mentions away and shit. Um, so yeah, dealing with all that was like, just you know, and then also like again like you know what I'm like how many times do I get burned? Like I was joking with with Clint. I'm like you know. And, and props to Clint, and, and, but but I was just saying, and I'm being real, it's keeping that same energy. Cause I, 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 I've said this before, and you know, just was just saying it with amongst a friend last week, where I was just like, you know, because Clint's another example where I'm like, props to you. I don't know how you guys have that confidence. I wish I could have your confidence for a day. Where I'm like, being very careful to the MMA gods, qualifying everything, explaining both sides, showing my work, weaving, being polite, humorous while still being factual and true and trying to deliver the punch at the end and give you what you came here for. And I will still fall face first and just eat fucking bags of dicks. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, my guy Clint with the Yodong bet when I was, when we were joking, was like, you'll be there like, no way this guy's losing five fucking units, baby. Eat my dick. And then it, and it hits and he's, you know, he says, trust your balls. And this was, a, 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 you know, and to Clint's credit, this was me trusting my balls uh, with this one. Um, and I, I'm, I'm bummed out. And people know this because I've had MMA gamblers on Twitter actually with me placing these bets. And I place, pay, I've posted my winning and losing slips this year. So if we're going my untracked bets, I'm actually up like 
over 20 in the neighborhood of 23, 24 units right now. Um, because I've hit Nate Landward by sub for $100 at plus 700, have that ticket. Um, MMA gamblers with me can 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 vouch for that. Um, and I was going to do the same thing with Kennedy and Chukwu based off the stuff you know, me and Clint were talking about, the prop squad. I, I hadn't written, show my work in multiple mediums. Um, but uh, we were actually running late for a reservation. I was so bummed because I couldn't do it. And I'm like, fuck. Then it's, you know, because I don't mind doing the untracked thing as long as it's like real slipped at the counter because I'm not counting it to my record. And again, I've been keeping that same energy all year, posting winning and losing tickets, right? But I was forced to do it online, which bummed me out because I'm like, if this hits, uh, especially with the way things are going to go, I'm definitely going to deserve to victory lap it. But I'm like, oh, fuck. Then it looks like, oh, well, if he's well, if he's doing this untracked from his account, what else is he doing? And I'm not even saying that because, like, haters have been on me. Like, I, the ironic part is I'm, as you guys know, uber accountable for myself anyways and would think that anyway. So I'm like, fuck. But I was like, you know what? my ball, the, the balls thing paid off. But maybe I took it too far because, again, I don't, I don't got the luck other, the, uh, others have because I was like, you know what? Usually I would wait because I knew I wasn't going to, like, be able to watch the rest of the fights. And I'm like, let's wait to make sure I have a winning night and then just fucking dunk hard. That way they don't have any more fucking ammo on me, you know, or anything that can kick me while I'm down here. And I'm like, part of me like, no, fuck that. I, everybody's rooting for me this one, the people that matter. Like, I, this, this is a ridiculous cold streak. I got to be due for at least a winning event. Forget finally stringing two or three to fucking together for once. Like, no, no, fuck that. I'm trusting my balls. Fuck you guys. And I just fucking victory laughed. And then, of course, I still come up just short. And even though, again, just short on the night, still very recoverable from the year. It doesn't matter. A loss is a loss. And that's all these fuckers need to, uh, you know, shove it down your throat. Uh, Chaos Williams, speaking of which, Jesus, uh, defeated Rolando Bedoya. Um, oh, and by the way, shout-out to Kenny uh, Nunchucks, too. And then part of the reason why I, I kind of got emotional went with the 100 is because you guys already know I'm a Kenny Nunchucks fan for, you know, being primary caretaker for his mother. Didn't realize his mother died. I, I uh, heard that after I recorded the podcast. And um, that was another right reason why I was going emotional. Also, like, you know, I'm like, you know what, fuck this, man. Speaking of being due, I'm like, not forget me being due for everything I said. Like, forget fucking my ass. Like, that motherfucker, Kenny Nunchucks, Kennedy Nchukwu, that motherfucker's due. What a good motherfucking dude, man. Like, if anybody deserves to win, forget me, it's that motherfucker. And that's part of the big reason why. Um, I cashed that over a grand uh, on that bet and laid the hundred off a of hundy laid down. Um, is because uh, you know, uh, you know, just just tired of that shit and um, you know, uh, uh, people like it, it, for whatever reason too. You know, um, people always use this picture. Uh, another reason why I block my Instagram. People use personal photos and stuff, not just go with my mom. Or family members or girlfriends, but uh, they'll use this picture of me and my mom always, and it's like a, a good picture of us, man. Especially considering like my mom just had her head fucking split open like three months prior, cracked wide open, and um, you know uh, all the shit that I deal with with health and bouncing back and forth. Like it's a pretty damn good, nice picture of us. So I'm, it's really weird people would would zone in on that, but uh, you know when her time comes, like I would probably st I'm still going to use that picture. So to see people just taking that and running with that, like just posting that with the fucking really horrendous shit that I'm not going to repeat is just like of all the photos and stuff like come on this face is enough to make fun of but no we, we've got to uh, 
you know, we've got to uh, do that shit. Um, and uh, my bad luck is not for not folks, because personally, on a personal note, I know this is random and just shouting this stuff. We'll get we'll get through it. Uh, sorry, but on a personal note, again for people that you know, again, uh, do not speak of what you do not know. Um, the, the, you know, uh, U.S. and South Africa actually have a lot of commonalities, especially with Hawaii. Uh, you want to look at like District Six and land and how things go. Um, and again, the, the annoying part was like before all this start started, I was having to like explain to people, it, people I love, people who don't have a racist bone in their body. But people just don't realize that like Hawaii is not like a normal state, like, like you know Hawaii and like Kansas for example. Like Kansas did not have their queen held at gunpoint. Kansas did not have its own language made illegal. Um, you know, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, folks, but are there places where you have to play a lottery just to not get win land, but just to qualify to buy land amongst many other qualifications? Because my mother actually had to enter that, just because it's literally at this point the only way she can afford to go home to live the last of her days and uh, I said you know all this bullshit I was going through last week and the bad streak I'm like I will fucking continue to take it like just let's just give the other people you know good luck again fuck me Kennedy deserves to win right forget my luck uh, people who work hard their whole life and got screwed by the system like my mother uh, deserves it and uh, out of like over two, 2200 people you know who won that fucking lottery last night my fucking mother so she gets to go spend the last of her days where she wants, which is hard. You know, it sounds crazy. Like, wait, wait, like, if I want to go, okay, maybe you have to cross an ocean, but if I want to go to another state in the United States, to, to, it's pretty affordable for the most part, unless, you know, I mean, we're talking about, like, Manhattan or San Francisco. Like, like no, that's why it's tricky, man. That's why people claiming home and because you live somewhere makes you more of something. It's fucked up. So there's a lot of context and a lot of fucked up parts missing out of the history, but yeah, even in 2023, uh, it's 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 still a challenge. So um, I'll take that juju. So um, fuck yeah, that's a win for the good guy. The good guy, we are still winning over here, folks. So I know uh, I know it's been a week, but uh, for your boy here, but don't worry, we're still winning. Um, Verna Jenny Droba that hit didn't really count for much because I didn't put anything on the money line she defeated Marina Rodriguez Parker Porter defeated Braxton Smith um, I didn't watch that one but uh, it was just funny I, I, I saw the post fight I heard the post fight and part is, I really wanted to show that I was a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu black belt and uh, for someone who bet round two and sub as well as by sub at any point I'm like well, you could have shown that by going for the sub there but alright swinging and banging Happy for Parker Porter, of course. He looked great. Uh, Ikram Aliskarov defeated Phil Hawes um, by first round KO. So, uh, yeah, um, that was, uh, wow. Yeah, it was classic Phil Hawes. He looked like he was winning, and I was like, oh, cool. Maybe it wasn't a mistake to pick him and throw him in a round robin. I didn't want too much exposure on him for the obvious reasons, and sure enough, but bam uh, looking forward to seeing more of Ikram and hope Haas is okay Claudia Ribeiro defeated Joseph Holmes didn't watch this one but uh, yeah looks like he won stayed away from that one alright time on recap 46 oof that was long got sidetracked along the way there, there was a lot stored up so sorry about that folks do a quick chat cleanup that I really want to push on and we'll push through the breakdown as fast as possible um, let's see James Kendrick, this was an earlier one. Hi, what is the most appropriate time to ask questions on this show? Like, is it right after you do a recap or some of the questions? Or, uh, yeah, I, I get the gist. 
Um, basically, I'm doing it at the very beginning, James. I'm doing it at the end of a recap. Um, and then I'm doing it uh, at the very end. Maybe uh, if there's like a lot of, uh, you know what, uh, oh, sorry, I guess four parts roughly that I'll shoot for. If there's no recap, you guys can adjust accordingly on the math your own. But yeah, beginning of the show, end of a recap, end of the main card, or if there's like a big fight and like the chat's like ridiculously popping off, right? And at the very end of the show, maybe that third one will be a little sporadic as to when or how long, depending on how I'm doing on time, how active you guys are. But those will be the four main times. Beginning, end, end of recaps, and end of main card during the breakdown section. Uh, Jimmy Kudo, what's up, Dan? Uh, are there really only two communities? Are there really only two communities I hang out? And since the other is not on anymore, you're the only one left. Oh, my goodness. Uh, hopefully, you can expand your reach because I, I, it's a lot of weight for uh, me to cover, buddy. But I appreciate you. He says, Jimmy says, um, keep on keeping on, my man. I hope my wild opinions are not too wild. Not at all. You're, you're, you're very appreciated, sir. You're very positive energy. Makato Kayagoku, uh, that's not cool that you get threats uh, like that. I may not agree with something on your picks, but I always respect you and your picks since they are well analyzed. Appreciate that. You never have to agree with me. I never ask. And uh, that's the right energy to have. Makato, thank you so much. Rio says in Truesdale. Oh, I saw that one. I already said that one earlier. Uh, Jim Carusu, does the turmeric drink stain your teeth orange? Um, it's a good question. Uh, not, not, I haven't noticed it too much. I will say this, though. Um, Actually, no, no, I don't, I don't really think it's too bad of a problem. I mean, you know, juice and acidity, I think, more is the the deal with the, the mouth health. I'm not a dentist. Don't ask me. But I will say cutting the turmeric and trying to do this yourself is a mess. It, that will turn your fingers. I can speak from experience. It turns everything orange. So, like, this stuff here, uh, D loves turmeric tonic, turmerictonic.com. Uh, saves, saves all the hassle. Uh, use code PROTECT15 for 15% off. I'm going to do Wayne's World style advertisements. Um, Mark Fellows. Mmm, turmeric juice. They don't put bourbon in that for nothing. No, 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 no bourbon. Some idiot might have tried to put um, some white rum and pineapple juice. I don't know. Uh, we. <laughs> Sorry for the ears there. Uh, speaking of wrestling, shout out to Henry Cejudo using the the uh, Neil Melanson cradle. Oh, yeah, that was sweet. Just uh, needs to build off that kind of stuff more, right? Um. Let's see here. Uh, Barton Spackle, Chris. I am new to MMA betting. What does chalk mean? You mention it a lot on your show. Chalk means the favorite. Who is favored to win? Uh, so there's a minus number and a plus number. Minus would be the favorite. Uh, also synonymous with the slang, chalk. Chalk is the favorite. Minus number, heavy favorite. Who's expecting to win? Safe bets. These are the times you'll hear chalk applied within the context. Um, yep, Mark Fellows, you know what's up. You got it right. Smart smart man as well. Not that you're not smart. If you don't, I'm just saying this. Just shouting at my man Mark for being smart. Um, let's see. Uh, Synchro Wing, do you think Henry Cejudo did a really good job against Aljo? Seems like he had a game plan and adjusted really well in the clinch. Yeah, he did. So you're part of Santino's Discord, so you might be biased. Uh, probably, but hey, man, that guy has my respect, and so do you. So, uh, And then also, uh, was it Miguel Class, I believe, did a really good video on those adjustments. Shouts to him. I wish I could spend more on that, time on that stuff, but I got to turn the page. 
plus the evergreen content that's now on my docket that I'm grateful for, but again, uh, makes it even harder. And that all happened the same week I have to fly out, the same week all this moving stuff's happened, and the same week uh, the internet decided to uh, come at me, wham, wham, victim. But, uh, you know, classic victim stuff, I'm still trying to work through it. Just need a machete to cut through it. Um, let's see. Chronic Combat Conversations. Let's go, baby. Hilarious sitting next to David Clark. Yeah, congratulations on you guys for winning. Thanks for the video. I shared that. The Chronic Combat Conversations guys were in attendance uh, with some other uh, gamblers and stuff. Um, and looks like they all had a good time. I'm happy for all those cats. And, and shouts to uh, Tyler and Greg, man. They continue to, like, stop by, show me love, associate me, and reply to me despite, let's be honest, MMA gambling, Twitter. Not, not a fan of Dan Tom. That's fine. Again, I'm not a fan of me. And, you know, we talk about MMA having, like, a really bad subsex of fans. Uh, not all of y'all. There's plenty of good people there. But, yes, you guys know what I'm talking about, too. MMA Twitter, even a lower or higher tier, however you want to look at it, uh, of, of more kind of uh, the filth and people that could care less about things. So, uh, yeah, no one wants to hear my shit on that side of the fence. So any friends that are part and embedded in MMA gambling Twitter, like com Chronic Combat Conversations, who uh, aren't afraid to, uh, you know, uh, show me love uh, whether it's publicly privately have my back publicly or privately I keep track of those motherfuckers and uh, shouts to those guys um, let's see uh, Dave Sandine I thought Bilal looked fantastic and channeled his inner Dillashaw with that stance switching and zero offensive <laughs> grappling uh, yeah, yeah, right. He did. He did channel his uh, DJ there. I think we, you know, the injuries arguably could have forced both those guys to do those different things because even Gilbert, I believe, had some kind of switch stance attacks because he couldn't use his, you know, both arms uh, as you will. But yeah, if I was watching live, I would have felt great about my Bilal ticket after round one. I will say that. Um, da -da -da -da. Sorry, I'm skipping some of your guys' questions. I just gotta gotta keep the show going here. I'll try to try to double back. Um, and you guys have like compounded questions, so I, I might have to skip those for later if only if I have time. Um, Super Machio finally caught you live. Love the show. Love that you caught me live. Thanks for commenting. Thanks for supporting. Dustin Love in the house. I didn't know you're in the house, and I'm saying all these nice things about you. Look at that. Look at that. Making it to a live show, my man. Good to see you. Good to see you. All right, all right. We're gonna get to uh, get. Let's get to work here. Fifty-three, fifty-four. All right. We got. Well, we'll go real quick. Uh, blow through Bellator two ninety-six. Um, I just did a quick picks that should be hitting anytime between now and you know by the time you're listening to this, it might be going down because it's Friday and a Perry show. So early for us North Americaners, but you got a uh, Gay Musasi minus two twenty-five, Fabian Edwards plus one eighty. I didn't really watch Fabian Edwards, so I was surprised. Like, oh, yeah, it's like a bigger Leon Edwards. He's got the elbows off the break. He's got the head kicks. He's got some back takes and underrated grappling. He's got some composure from the southpaw stance. Of course, Musasi, I may have messed up. I don't know if I put 6-1, and one, but he's actually 7-1. and one. But, yeah, 7-1 and one against notable southpaws. Not UFC level. I put notable. So you've got Andre Koroshkov in there, again, who, you know, there's an argument for that fight. Uh, but, of course, the one loss in there, Machida, which he did avenge later in his career, uh, Vitor Belfort is a part of that stat. John Salter, Salty Dog. Remember cashing that round three on Musasi. Um, nothing that I really like here, to be honest. I went Musasi by decision, only reluctantly so, uh, and only because I believe it is only a three-rounder. 
Uh, though Musasi, it looks like he's coming in shape, which is a good sign. So either he's really got to be shot shot to lose this and or just get hit with some kind of opportunistic stuff. Otherwise, I feel like he can still win this fight uh, at this point of Edwards' career. You got Brent Primus, plus 280. Mansoor uh, Barnawi, I haven't seen it. Minus 350. He's been doing work on the regionals. I haven't seen his name for a minute. Of course, you'll see him on like you know guys like... Uh, Islam Makhachev's early record and whatnot. He's really only lost a top-level fighters slash grapplers French dynamic southpaw, but uh, don't stereotype him from the region. A very dynamic grappler as well. Good back case, good from half guard, good transitional reads, good composure himself. Um, that being said, uh, even though I feel like he can he can obviously hang on the ground. I say obviously. I mean Brent Primus, you know strong, flexible, dangerous combination for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. Not a wrestler like you would stereotype from the Pacific Northwest of the ones that he trains with, per se, American Top Team Portland. But, uh, yeah, uh, I, I do think uh, Mansoor can hang on the ground. But I actually picked him to win by flying knee uh, in the first. Uh, we'll see if that happens. Bit of a flyer pick, despite uh, a method, despite him being a heavy favorite. Again, not picking the favorites, not comfortable with playing him, though. Um, Kane Musa, plus 100, money coming in on him, trickling in, versus T-Ball Guti, minus 120. Really tough to see here. Um, not the most consistent activity from Musa, I believe, if I'm quoting this right. Uh, and then um, both guys, uh, strong punchers, very competent from top side, underrated ground and pound, uh, maybe on the Guti side, maybe not as underrated with the Kane Musa side. Uh, but Guti... Not the more technically refined striker, but maybe a slight edge in technique, slight a, a, a decent edge in activity, uh, I believe, which is why I'm going to go with him here. It's not like he's a longtime proven fighter. Was do or die for a lot of his career. Been going to decision more later on, perhaps well, that's with experience. Uh, he'll have the crowd behind him. A stoppage either way wouldn't surprise me, but with the activity, the home, the crowd behind him, uh, I'm going to pick Guti to take a, a, a competitive decision. Um, I don't have any other uh, reads or anything on the rest of the card. Nothing really jumps out to me there. So apologies, but that's all I got for you for Bellator. All right. All right. UFC on ABC4. UFC Charlotte. UFC Fight Night. Rosenstrach versus Almeida. UFC Fight Night. Charcinio versus Jailman, baby. The Jailman. Yeah, Jailman's on ABC. To quote my guy Braz, uh, Tashchuk over there on an OG uh, podcast and analysis there. Uh, i uh surprised they're letting the Jailman on ABC, especially with uh, you guys saw what I posted. I had to be careful what I post, too, because Jailman actually follows me, which is <laughs> pretty scary. I mean, you know, uh, not more scarier. You know, you're like, ooh, this person follows me. You always have, like, those kind of, you know, reactions. I wouldn't go as far, and I hope not for you go as far as say starstruck but you know what i mean you're like you're positive struck this was more of a fear struck follow you're like he follows me <laughs> oh no he doesn't follow me everywhere otherwise i'm gonna get pounded out myself well, it doesn't matter what i have to say about it my opinion doesn't matter it's not up to me yeah uh but yeah uh okay jesus dan get with the breakdown um yeah, of course, Jailman, Jailton Almeida, minus 500, Jarzinho, Rosenstrach. We have, by the way, we have two members of the Fantasy Jewish Fight League this Saturday. Swayed on Shaba, Rosenstrach. Sorry, my little monster truck, uh, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday voice. Um, 
it's only non-Jewish people that have ever complained about that. All, I, all my Jewish friends who listen to the podcast actually actually will complain if I don't do it, by the way. So get mad at me if you want. I'm blaming it on them. You like how I deflected that, right? right that's fair. Uh, <laughs> Jesus, Dan. Uh, no, uh, yeah, uh, Rosenstruck, we all know the problem with him. Um, and it's not his religion. No, I'm just kidding. I don't even know what his religion is, folks. Kidding. Kidding. Uh, joking, because you gotta, gotta qualify your jokes. Uh, not to the crowd, you, you might think. Um, but yeah, uh, do you, he, I, we haven't seen enough improvement, you know. There's been some improvement, you know, urgency here or there. He'll explode to try to get back to his feet, try to use some butterflies. A little bit better about the underhooks when he has time to think about it in the clinch, but his reactions to takedowns, whether he's going for underhooks, digging, sprawling, dropping hips, um, they're, they're not that fast. They're not that good. And he completely loses track of the underhooks when he's in half garden on the ground, which is real bad. Um, and he just really hasn't fought a guy because there's not that many of these guys who actually grapple at heavyweight. Um, so for that reason, I feel like it's Rosenstruck round one. Um, they fuck up the prices, not just the money line, but even like round one, round two is not too sexy. You know, they make you choose, Parker, between submission and KO. And I've warned you guys before, again, I've, I've given out a plus 1,000. Of course, I wasn't on that one. Um, maybe in a round robin, and then it didn't hit or something, but like, I, I, I distinctly remember not. I think I hit the KO, so I still was able to turn a jailman money line into plus money. But I remember actually calling the round two, I believe, uh, grounded pound against Shamil Abdurahimov. Um, and that was like plus 1,000, right? And Shamil, or maybe I called round one, but it, I'm just thinking about the odds, right? Because Shamil didn't look like he was just dead when he was a turtle on his back. So I feel like I would have called round one. I'm, I'm trying to call my... I, I know I think, and it sounds both, both I think, and it sounds better the way I first said it. But I'm trying to keep that same energy and call myself out in real time here. Say, because I feel like I would have picked Shamil to lose in round one because the guy like he actually showed improvements in that fight which he, he didn't have before. So I, part of me would have thought I would have expected him to fall earlier because that's what I think this time again with a guy like Rosenstruck, right? Um, and uh, because we've seen him go to Pound Town again, the jail man going to Pound Town, no surprise. You want to be locked in a confined cage space and be on the bottom of a guy named the Jail Man. I mean, you're good, and you expect not to be the recipient of some pound town. Just saying, even if you get finished off the old David Carradine way, you know, it's probably going to be still a little bit of poundage before the, uh, before the old uh, noose slips in there. You know what I'm saying? Just saying, there's an eight-year-old boy somewhere that knows what happened in that room. Okay, Dan, he would be like 18 by now. That joke is old and not appropriate. All right, fine. Uh, but the point is, um, yeah, I think that if it gets to even round three, something went wrong. I think round two. Uh, is still possible and then you're still having to choose does he pound him does he submit him right um, but you could also argue that maybe if it goes to round two something went wrong and now you have another chance for Rosenstruck to maybe counter him with an uppercut or a knee I think is more apropos that's going to be a shot to look out for uh, Rosenstruck's got a mean left hook but the left hook's not great when you're going against a wrestler or someone wanting to take you down we have seen him almost knock out and swell up Curtis Blades' eye completely, though. And he does have that proprioception to hit knees. He doesn't have the great proprioception, the, the takedown defense, but he, he will throw some knees, right? Um, so here's what I did. It, it, it pretty much makes makes you pick a side and choose. And initially, I was just going to go jail man inside the distance back when it was down to minus 335. And then I'm like, dude, I would have to be laying like five units, which, again, I'm not a five-unit guy and, like... I, Back to my record of tempting the MMA gods, 
Um, not very good. Uh, do I really want to do that just so I can maybe clear a, a little over a unit profit, right? Maybe just an under a unit and a half. I'm laying five units. Does that really make sense? I mean, it's a very clear true to outcome fight. I'm big on the jail man. This one seems clear as day, but not only is it MMA, which is again why it annoys me. People act like it's easy, or they, they, you know, whether they're trying to be a hater or they're just, you know, you know, in, in, you know, winning and, and doing their thing and not realizing like how how volatile this game can be. I'd be careful and be grateful at the same time. Um, yeah, like I totally would eat shit on that, right? So here's what I did. I just went, I feel like he's just got to get it done in round one. I don't think Jarzinho, I think it'd be hard to pound him out. I think it's going to be a submission. Um, Jarzinho hasn't been submitted, but he hasn't won against anybody like that. And you know that it's going to look that much more impressive to be, for Jailman to be like, I'm the first person who submitted Jarzinho, right? So I just went all in on round one at plus money, and I went 1.5 units. And instead of sprinkling a little bit on round two to catch it, what I did was I just went with the hedge play. Especially when you're giving me plus 500 for Rosenstruck. Like the only way this guy wins fights, really, reliably, by KO, right? Not going to spit Jailman. Um, so all I did was put 0.33, Scotty Pippen, baby. 0.33 units on, at plus 500 gets you back 1.65. So not only would I make back, if Jarzino gets the upset, not only would I make back the 1.5 I risk, I profit a whole $15. Um... And then if Jarzinho, you know, loses and you and, and Jailman, you know, wins in the first round, you know, we win over a unit. It's not a lot. It's not sexy, but and I could still lose if it goes in a round two. But again, for the reasons like I said, like he's really got to be toying with his food and or something went wrong if it even goes in a round two, much less three. Um, I think it just goes to round one here. Um, you, you guys see. Jailman, he don't waste no time. Uh, so that's how I'm gonna play it. And again, it's not super sexy when you do any kind of a hedge uh, or anything like that. Uh, I'm not standing to gain a whole ton, even though I'm risking a decent amount under two units. Uh, but again, I'm coming in and I'm only losing just by a little bit each time. So maybe instead of going big at the end, like I was potentially gonna do and lay the chalk, no, dumb. Um, let's just lay a little so. You know, either win or lose or little, little. Again, aim small, miss small. Hopefully, maybe we can be on the right side of it for once. That'd be pretty cool. All right, uh, next fight, we got uh, Anthony Smith minus 110 apiece. We'll just we'll go with that. Yeah, let's pretty much pick him across the board there. Johnny Walker, of course, opened as the favorite. This is weird. Again, you know, is this uh, Brad Tavares, Bruno Silva flashbacks where I love the vet, the proven process guy. Uh, you got the more athletic opportunist, uh, Bruno Silva, less of an opportunist maybe. But maybe not because Walker has improved a bit, so they've kind of met in the middle there. Uh, but again, same dynamic here. And you guys know my history with that. You guys know the side I usually take, I should say. And you know my history with it, which is what worries me. And again, like the Silva and Tavares reference, not so much that that result shocks me. I, I'm well aware even when, I, when I'm on the wrong side of it, folks. What shocks me most is the action prior because... I, you guys know it. I, I make jokes about this all the time. Like, MMA gamblers, like, there's nothing they get stiffer for, you know. Not the ones, that, the cool ones who listen to this show, but, you know, especially the the, the, the majority of fucking virgins out there. I guess, you know, you are going to get stiffer for, for bets because you're not getting laid out there. You're in people's mentions. But, yes, they nothing they get harder for in the pants. 
uh, than the ability to fade an aging fighter, especially when there's like some athletic, explosive, spinny opportunist. Uh, oh, people love that shit. And then when the big flash kick hits, okay. Oh, my dog's showing up. Anthony Smith opened as the dog, so does that mean you're you're repping for Anthony Smith, Stinkum? Look at that, Stinkum stealing the show. Oh, dude, this is weird, this is stink. All right, all right, all right, off, off, off. You're making me look like a bad dad. Off, off. I am, you know, I'm going to look like one. Okay, off. Sorry about that. Um, but yeah, uh, so we know it's going to happen. But uh, hopefully, because especially because Brownie just popped up, Smith stays at least in Pickham or Dog Region and doesn't go to the favor, then we'll really be cursed, right? Um, but yeah, money, money's been coming in on Smith. Um, but I get it. Maybe they see what I see. You know, the, the man, you know, despite having eight KO losses or whatever in his record, you'll see those were all either at 185 or even in some cases maybe even below at catch weights. Uh, outside of the ankle injury to Magomed Ankalaev, uh, where he was also dealing with stuff, a bunch of personal stuff. Again, speaking of just losing your mother and stuff, you know, he's due. For, maybe he's due for his comeback here. Uh, that's not a part of my bet. I found that out after I made the bet and made the pick, but just like the Kennedy and Chuka one, which I also found out after. All the more power to Smith, right? Um, but yeah, the dude was also going through a lot mentally. Forget the physical. Forget that he physically, you know, was falling apart in that fight. Um, Again, credit to Ankalaev's leg kick or whatever, but like uh, it was just like a perfect one. Um, but uh, but yeah, uh, he's been much more durable. Um, and you know, on the feet, you know that weird that Ryan Span Johnny Walker fight so weird because he rocks Walker twice with a left hook, and Smith is like you know left hooking and can counter hook encountering a span and a lot of people lately like. In the last recent years, especially really buckling down with uh, Factory X and Mark Montoya, coach and team I respect a lot. Coach and team Smith is now back with, by the way. He wasn't with as well, by the way, in that Ankalaya fight to kind of add to the chaos that was already up and the odds that were he was already up against, right? Um, he is back with that team, but since that team, a lot better, not just faint lead hand work, but jabs and hooking off the jabs, hooking the counter, um... And I, I see that shot and his counter right being there all day. Uh, of course, you know, right hands and defense, not exactly the strong point for Smith either. Uh, Johnny Walker could definitely land some right hands on him as well. Leg kicks as well. Even though Smith's got good kicks, he's not beyond being kicked again. We just mentioned that. Uh, and it's not because he doesn't know how to check kicks or anything. I just it, I think it's because he leans so heavy. And again, there's been a lot of focus on the lead hand. And to his credit, it's been effective with that lead hand. You're just going to kind of inherently, it's going to be harder to check kicks, even if you know how to, which obviously Smith knows how to. But like you see with a lot of heavy jabbers, you're just going to, your, your leg is more susceptible to it. Um, so, you know, uh, does it make it any better? No, but, you know, I see so many fighters, not just Smith, get that criticism. And that's something that you have to keep in mind. Well, why? Instead of just throwing rocks and saying, you suck, well, why are they getting hit with it, right? Well, we got to kind of deconstruct a little bit. Um, and uh, so those are definitely live, but even if you go back to those moments, win or lose, Smith just gets more aggressive whenever you start hitting him with stuff. And I think that's actually good here, kind of like, you know, it was a little tentative at first with the Corey Anderson, and then Corey Anderson just, something sets him off. He goes at him and, uh, and, and, and you know, and, and just and, and goes off on uh, Johnny Walker there. Um, right hands, of course, have hit Johnny Walker a lot as well. And uh, left hands as well, I believe, uh, uh, it might have been a southpaw, granted, but uh, what was his name on the regional scene? Who? I think he's got a, a rear naked choke against him, but um, 
I think he drops him with a left hand first. Uh, Clinton Abreu, I believe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Johnny Walker, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu brown belt, uh, working with the guys over SBG. And he's looking better, by the way. Like, at first I was weird. Like, are they turning him just into an outfighter? Are they making him faint without putting stuff behind it? Uh, but credit to whoever he's working with over there at SBG. Um, I know he's got a boxing coach. I know John Kevin is the name, obviously. Shouts to him for, 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 for whatever role he has. But I know Johnny Walker's been saying he's been specifically working with a boxing coach and another coach. And you see, like... Um, even though it was really short, like I really like the faint knees to step through on straight punches. Like he's actually putting things together um, in meaningful ways. And if it was only a glimpse, but if that glimpse is to the improvement of Johnny Walker, that that is very scary. Uh, and I'm definitely not discrediting him or that camp. I'm definitely giving them that credit. Uh, and that's included in this pick. But that being said, I still see too many on paper advantages on the feet, on the floor, and in the clinch where, where, where Anthony Smith is really good as well, by the way. He's not going to be, I don't think he's, you know, uh, he's much taller than Khalil, uh, who I believe was caught by surprise off that. And um, again, Smith difficult to hurt, difficult to finish even when he is hurt. Um, you know, and he's, he, you know, outside of a weird performances on John Jones, win or lose the doodle fight for the money. So I played him 1.1. Uh, 10 uh, for a, a unit return. Uh, so I got him at minus 110, in other words. And then I sprinkled at plus 1,000, only $20 to, to win back two units. Uh, round three plus 1,000. Um, because again, it's not that, and Smith said that himself, it's not that he's in a bad shape or doesn't work hard. He works his ass off because it's it's hard for Johnny Walker. He's a giant. He's essentially a heavyweight. He's due for heavyweight. I mean, Johnny Walker admits that himself, but he his goal is to get to the belt. So he's on this campaign. But even he admits that it's getting even harder than he already admitted for a guy already admitting that heavyweight's in his future. Perhaps that's why past the half of the fight, he starts to tire. Perhaps that's why when he goes out and gets knocked out, it's almost comically bad. Um, and Smith pointed this out, and I agree. It's because he's cutting a ton of weight. Whereas Smith... Again, he had that reputation when he was, coincidentally enough, the giant tall guy cutting away a division down. But now he is the guy fighting healthily. And we could argue that Johnny Walker is in that Anthony Smith stage of his career, a stage of his career that Anthony Smith has already had to navigate through, does not have to deal with. It's the more experienced man. Give me Anthony Smith. Anthony Smith, round three. Um, even though I've been, you know, again, losing, uh, my co-main events, I believe, this year have been winning more often than not. Um, the analysis is not point sure, but but they, I've actually been been doing good as far as picks and plays go. Um, not every time, nearly, but but more often than not, and, and we've we've been on a bit of a streak, quiet streak with those. Um, I th I believe so at least too. Uh, Ian Machado Gary, I'm not here to be Irish. I'm here to be. I'm not here to take over. I'm here to be Brazilian. Uh, Ian Machado Gary minus three hundred. Daniel Rodriguez D Rod plus two forty. Very tempting. Southpaw. Southpaw. I like. Um, again, haven't watched, haven't really caught the eye. Definitely not fan of the interviews or the or the the a very original Billy Strut after winning. Uh, but uh, you got to look at the fighters for the fight. And man, I, 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 you know, I enjoy. I really enjoyed going back to watch the tape on Ian Gary, man. And um, I don't spoiler alert. I don't think this line should be this wide. Um, that should be a controversial opinion, but I can absolutely see why he's favored, and I am picking him to win here. Um, 
Just published the Southpaw report on him fairly well. Again, he's officially 1-0, beating Jordan Williams. But it's deceptive. That fight, he actually had... Jordan Williams had more moments than uh, Ian Gary did. He actually was able to bust up his nose, which looks like to be a common theme, by the way. So don't be surprised if the Southpaw jab of Rodriguez is able to bust up Ian Gary's nose. But that won't be, uh, you know an indicator of him winning the fight or winning rounds, despite what um, some people's definition of damage might be, right? That being said, don't be surprised, though, to see the bloody nose from Ian Gary. Uh, of course, he was able to do, you know, he has a really nice, which you, have, you don't really see from, except for guys like Marlon Moraes or Edson Barbosa, who came under the same kickboxing coach. But uh, at least in MMA, people being able to counter going backwards with kicks counter much less counter going backwards much less counter going backwards with kicks very hard to do um ian gary can do that off the lead leg very well he does that and then does the reverse conor mcgregor as far as that uh inside angle you know southpaw counter he does it with the open stance but from the orthodox side gets the guy to overswing on the left you see jordan williams overswing a couple times before gary punishes him uh gary also knocked out rostam Ackman with a head kick even though Ackman is an orthodox fighter and was only shifting the southpaw on a treat on a retreat, and it was a very quick instance for what it's worth, uh, knocks him out cold with open stance head kick in that fight before he gets to the UFC. Uh, fought Gabe Green, who is not listed as a southpaw but is a switch stance fighter who likes to operate a lot at a southpaw. Did for a fair amount, a majority amount of his fight with Ian Gary, a lot of success whenever he could get Gary in the first half of the fight, especially. Uh, you know, the first two rounds at least because he gets him at the end of round two as well uh, has some success there uh, corralling him with body work pressure right and building off that really smart really effective against a elusive tall in and out guy like Gary but Gary once he gets his read and range off that lead hand by the way he's not just depending on the outside foot awareness he's he keeps the same energy on his circling on trying to steer and stay unpredictable good lateral movement no matter the stance but he does something that I love. Shout out to David Burnell, uh, you know, educated listener there, the the, the show. Um, he will jab with that open stance, uh, which is really smart, right? And once he's able to get that rhythm, whether it's hand trapping, a hand checking, or a well-placed jab, any of those combinations, he builds off it like that. We'll start breaking rhythm and we'll start throwing volume, you know. His first couple fights, I wrote volume as a question mark. But as he gets more comfortable, he really answers that, especially when he finds his range in these fights. Um, Gary, uh, you know, he, he he got caught, you know, hooking with Song Kernan. Uh, that's a shot that probably would have knocked out most people. The fact that he was able to not just recover, but recover so sharply. Um, it's a shot from a stance that he's not necessarily going to see from Rodriguez A., and B, I was more impressed with that, came away more impressed with that incident more than anything because not only was he able to recover, he was so sharp in his corner, he could recall what it was and he almost knew the direction. Like, not coaching himself because you never want to see that, right? Especially when you have qualified coaches in your corner uh, like he does over there with the recently rebranded Kill Cliff FC. But just a really sharp kid, really liked what was coming out of his mouth and then he goes and applies it in the cage. Um, I really like that. I think kicking is going to be tough for, for, for D-Rod. Um, I don't know about taller fighters in length because Ian Gary is deceptively tall and, and, and is a long fighter, but not 
long and like pure reach stats. He's 74 inches, which is uh you know his his uh, idol Conor McGregor's reach. It's also D Rod Daniel Rodriguez's reach. Um, the more uh, relevant southpaw, the one he's facing, right? So it's not, he's not going to be blowing him out of the way with length or anything. But coupled with his footwork, his height, his torso, legs, and all those things, all in conjunction together. Um, that's definitely going to be his friend. Doesn't mean he's going to be impervious from punches. Absolutely not. I expect Daniel Rodriguez to have his moments regardless of how this fight shakes out. Um, I would not be surprised to see D-Rod win. I would be happy for D-Rod. I'd be happy for D-Rod betters. Definitely wouldn't be running out to lay the chalk on Ian Gary. But I feel like I'm seeing what Ian Gary's seeing as far as I see Rodriguez, he will still, even though he's got some nice boxing, he's not beyond kind of coming off of his left foot, kind of like an early Michael Johnson would uh, when throwing his cross. And especially when he gets excited and comes forward, he can still overthrow himself. In fact, when you look at whether it's the Dwight Grant fight uh, or other fights where he's been countered and punished, uh, D-Rod, um, it's usually the more, even though I thought he won the Nicholas Dalby fight, more fleet of foot movers, fighters who can counter, and when he overthrows his shots, and that's kind of where Ian Gary makes his money. He seems to already be keyed, up, keyed in on it when it comes to grappling to get the jump on close rounds, wrestling offensively or defensively. I think those check, check boxes also go to Gary. Uh, and I do like that this fight is in the bigger cage. I think that this is going to be, you know, Ian Gary could come and blow him out of the water as confident as he is. I want to see him go through a tough fight personally, but I feel like the big cage ups the chances significantly in a fight that really could, could come down to inches. The big, the big cage, even though this fight isn't a grappler-based fight, stylistically, because D-Rod's pressures and Gary likes to work and, and circle laterally on the outside and can get pinned up against the fence, right? It's going to be more of a leg-kicking, uh, pressuring Muay Thai fighter approach. Or, obviously, like some lights-out wrestler-grappler like Maya hybrid, right? Outside of that, at welterweight... It's gonna be you're gonna need more of a multi-level Muay Thai pressuring game, I think. I think that'll give Gary a lot of problems. Rodriguez does go to the body. Rodriguez does have underrated kicks that he seems to have been working and incorporating on more. But I still think he's gonna be at a big kicking advantage. I'm gonna pick Ian Gary. And I'm actually gonna pick him by knockout, which sounds crazy. I know. Um uh, I, I, I'll probably say round two after a competitive round one, and this will be a put the map on the performance for Ian Gary, especially if he wins. Even if he wins by decision, I still think it'll be, you know, it should be, especially if you give Rodriguez the respect he deserves. Um, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to be happy or part of me won't be rooting for D-Rod. Okay, so good luck for you, D-Rod. Betters, but uh, I ended up on the Gary side. Again, man. Go off of what I see. Uh... Oberg, Fantasy Jewish Fight League, Carlos Oberg, uh, but minus 450, that's a big number, Ihor, Potiera, at least everybody in the South Paul Report is on the main card, so I have to go and study those, by the way, yeah, Gary, like I said, he's 1-0, but it was deceptive, and I explained those fights, like I did in the South Paul Report, um, Oberg's actually got a deceptive record, I'm gonna pull it up now, I still gotta go through it, I'm leaning toward him. I'll keep it short. I won't walk myself into a hole. But Chukwe, I believe, either lists or doesn't list himself at a southpaw stance, but will fight from southpaw uh, on some fights. Uh, I got to go back and watch that fight. Um, Kennedy Chukwu obviously is a southpaw. So like, despite the limited experience of both these guys, there's actually relevant southpaws. Uh, 
Nikolai uh, Negumarianu, I believe, is an Orthodox fighter, so I probably don't have to worry about that. I can't remember what Fabio Charant is, and I don't remember this fight because how the hell did that go three rounds, by the way? Unfortunately, I'll probably have to rewatch that tonight uh, as I finish my article. And then I got to rewatch Shogun getting murdered by this generation's uh, dude in my comment. Doing essentially like the in cage version of what like the Fortnite generation tries to do in my comments. So I'm going to blow through this, uh, the rest of this as fast as uh, I can. Um, check me at Dan Tom MMA on Fight Day for my quick picks and prognostications, but probably leaning toward Olberg. Uh, this fight I just finished taping, kicking off the main card. I'll post a Southball report for Alex Morono, minus 225, uh, versus Tim Means, come back on Dirty Bird. Tim Means, plus 180. Of course, Tim Means is a Southball in this equation, which means you got to go to Morono, who is officially 0-1, losing a split decision to Keita to Nakamura. Granted, that fight was back in 2017, but it shouldn't have been a split. It was a clear win for Nakamura, who had arguments for not just two of the three, all three rounds. But again, as I will highlight, and again, I will say, once again, blue in the face, another record. Um, I believe I think Derek Cleary actually scored, might have, might have been on this one, or maybe not. I don't know. Um, or it might have been, I don't know who was on this one. But uh, yeah, like, it was just another classic where it was um, Keita Nakamura was using, was just sitting back and using southpaw counters, classic check hooks. But also a lot of success with a double attack, particularly, you know, double attack is in mixing up, variating your left cross and left kick, both variating between the kick and the punch, but as well as to the body or to the head. Again, like the round robin, four equals combinations of six, uh, two equals combinations of four, unless you really want to start even more if you want to variate the types of shots, right? You get what I'm saying? Overload variation. Uh, and Nakamura, not a very high output guy, so he really wasn't doing too much overloading. And that also probably explains why, again, another common thread for controversially scored rounds are lower output rounds. And Nakamura, not really a high output guy, but even with him not being a high output guy traditionally or in this fight per se, I still felt like in this fight, it was more than clear as day to get scores for all three rounds, especially round one where like he hurts and gets... Um, Morono to double over and one if not two of the judges still gave a round that Morono got hurt into Morono again folks what, what's the common thread here what what a classic southpaw guy countering working the body uh, almost you know got robbed of a win and or robbed of a round I don't want to say the word robbed but you know what I'm saying like it's every time it's the same I hate that word robbed by the way but you know what I mean the air quote controversial it's, it's always body work encounters folks it doesn't mean that whatever judges see it or don't see it is terrible. You know how much stuff that I need to see and rewatch? A lot. All I'm saying is don't throw these judges under the bus. Don't do anything like that. But let's just show our work. And can we just acknowledge what it is instead of saying, fuck this person and throw them. Let's, 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 let's try to actually solve the problem and acknowledge what the fucking problem is instead of like trying to put a name on the problem. Because that's it's not very productive. Um... But yeah, uh, he also fights Anthony Pettis. Anthony Pettis is like the number one name, and I'm going to include him this time because he's the number one name. People go, what about Pettis? I'm like, Pettis is not, he lists himself as an orthodox fighter. He switches stance, and he's got underrated boxing and striking from orthodox that he never fucking gets credit for. But Anthony Pettis actually fought a lot from Southpaw. Uh, Duke Rufus, very smart coach in corner. Obviously, you hear him uh, calling for it too. He goes, yeah, we're going more lefty on this guy because Anthony at a certain point asks which stance you should go to more in the middle of the fight 
And Rufus smartly points out that we're having much more success from Southpaw, um, just countering him, right? And uh, and 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 as Morono will kind of ha- have a tendency, you know, sometimes to do because he just fights so hard. He's not the most athletically gifted guy. And I'm a big Morono fan. Uh, you know, uh, I've talked to uh, Coach Safe about him. I'm a big fan of this guy. You know, whether I pick him or not, part of me is always rooting for Morono, and that's the case here, folks. Um, but seeing those two fights. And then really going through and seeing the stoppages that Morono has got. Now, he does usually get stoppages in the first round. That is whether it's a more prime Tim Means or, you know, the more aging out in his advanced years gets rocked too easily for our comfort Tim Means that we're dealing with now. Um, that is a great sign for the Morono side, which I get why he's the favorite. I And, I, and that supports that, what I'm saying right now, right? That being said, again... Back to the the athleticism, how that kind of relates and affects to the gas tank. Um, as far as like the explosive punch power and stuff, like we really go back and look at you know, Donald Cerrone didn't go out and Cerrone was 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 done. That was at the end of his run, not the very tail end. He comes back a year later to get messed up by my guy Jim Milasan, right? Got it back, baby. Jim Miller, Jersey, Jersey, Jersey. Uh, sorry, I, I see Dan Urban over there cheering somewhere, listening to this, but um. But yeah, like the uh, Cowboy was like 0-4 even at that point, right? You know, it was clearly washed, clearly not the same. Um, I didn't go all the way back to watch the Josh Berkman guillotine, which I'm pretty sure that was Josh Berkman's last fight, and Josh Berkman was looking, like literally like like Donald Cowboy Cerrone, like spiritually, physically, the gray beard, the ball, the look, and everything. Um, those were two of his, and then what was the other one? It was, um, I think some other dude who like got, like got like a submission of punches or something, and I can't even remember, like a while ago. Right, and that's like over a slew of what ten to fifteen fights over the better part of a decade, definitely over half a decade worth of sample size for Morono. Uh, definitely over half a decade, a better part of a decade, I should say, his UFC career at this point, right? Quietly. So, I mean, could it happen? Yeah, absolutely. But if not, I feel like this is a close fight, no matter how you cut it. Um, Morono, and I'm not much of a stats guy, but both these guys have actually like a decent amount of sample size to where those UFC stats that everybody bases their breakdowns off of, they actually do carry a little more weight. Not weight as far as telling the story of the fight. They never fucking do. They are numbers. They do not tell the story. Um, But they are more uh, accurate as far as what they represent. And stats are fine and great if they accurately represent what they're meant to represent and we're not using that to just shield ourselves into every argument and apply it at our will. Um, and yeah, like uh, they're actually very similar on volume, maybe a slight edge here for volume for Morono, but better defense and more context. The stats don't represent better technique uh, for Means. I went back to watch Means' last fight. I picked him to lose by knockout in the first round to right hands, and that almost happens. And again, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast in that round two against Max Griffin in his last fight, you know, he gets hit with right hands for the first half of the fight, right? But once he gets a beat on it, um, means is really like dictating. He again, he wins the majority of the second round. So again, if a judge misses that right hand, I actually don't blame him for giving means the second round. I don't even mean even means thought it was a bad decision. Like I get that, but means also is like an old school guy where he probably still thinks like control is like the number one criteria. So even though he wins pretty much ninety five percent, ninety six percent, you know, of round two. Uh, and then gets rocked with a shot, um, he gets controlled for round three, so he thinks he loses, right? Because he lost round one for sure. But if you look at round three, and I'm not saying this is how it should have been scored or uh, how I scored it. I had Tim Means losing two for what it's worth, not crying, crying over spilt milk. Picked him to lose that fight, folks. No no bets there. 
but if you look at it, like there's no positions. Like Tim Means is going for submissions and strikes literally nonstop the whole round whenever he gets taken down. Whereas there's not really too much dominant positions and no strikes and no submissions really being done by Max Griffin. And then you get the round finishes with two really hard knees to the body. Um, one of them being like one of those like brutal body knees to Aljo that Aljo got against Cejudo, right? By the way, which was brutal. And if you want to give Aljo one of those close rounds based on that knee, I definitely have no problem with that. I'm definitely going to keep that same energy. Um, but then he gets up and then means delivers another hard knee in a round where there was really no striking on the feet. Um, and it was just... Um, what do you call it? Uh, wrestling with no action. So even though I, I may not agree or may not have scored it that way, I absolutely can see a, a world where Eric Cologne ends up scoring for means if, big if here, if he misses that clear you know right hand, uh, or the most impactful, I should say, right hand of the second round, right? Uh, and by the way, uh, I believe third round, who didn't give the, uh, I believe it was Cleary, didn't give the third round where means uh, I believe capped it off where the, the hardest shots of the round were body shots but surprise surprise uh, Cleary didn't give that one to defend Cleary though by the way uh, back on, on a previous fight I didn't watch um, Bedoya and Williams but apparently Bedoya countered a lot and Cleary um, scored it for him so I do want to say I know I give I say, I, that's why I say more often than not he doesn't seem to acknowledge the countering or the body work I don't know how much Bedoya went to the body but I do want to give Derek Cleary for credit for scoring it, at least for the counterfighter in that instance. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's going to be a close fight if uh, Means doesn't get his castle stormed in the first round. And I think Means can get a knockout too because we've seen Morono even get knocked out by guys that are in the team Means level of their career, all of Santiago Ponzinibbio, right? Who are not shot, 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 but practically right there, like a foot and a half in the shot grave, right? Uh, if we're saying that about Means, well, Means maybe can still get him too because, again, he's a southpaw counterfighter. Technical strikers, southpaws, fighters who counter. If you go back and look at Morono and the common threads for losses, hard fights, times he was rocked, that's what it was more often than not. So I actually went Tim Means here. I surprised myself. I thought I was going to go Alex Morono for a decision, which is very capable, but I went Tim Means. I don't want to choose Parker because I do feel like Means could not only get the upset, but he could get a stoppage upset, right? We've seen that happen to Morono before, but we've got a dog for almost two to one coverage. I'm just going to kick the coverage, especially if I can get near two to one. In one of my houses, I was able to at plus 196. That's practically two to one for me. Threw a unit on that. Just kick for coverage by any means necessary when we're on them money lines. Um... All right, uh, let's see what time. How much time? One thirty-three. Um, I'll do a quick check cleanup at the end, guys. Sorry, I just want to blow through here uh, between time and uh, potential bladder. Uh, we got Court McGee minus two twenty-five. Matt Brown plus one eighty-five. This is one of the few fights I want to dive into as well, just because out of he spec for these two gentlemen uh, who uh, both uh, died of heroin and uh, you know uh, and are, are coming back immortal. Still remember seeing Matt Brown in the gym right after Tough Seven. I was like, "Oh shit, the heroin guy, badass!" Um, back in the day at Extreme Couture, the Mir Sadala and company. That was so cool. Uh, that being said, I can see why Court McGee's favored. You got to go peep me at Dan Tom MMA on Fight Day to see what I post for my picks and plays, to see where I end up. But I'll probably end up going with McGee decision. But Matt Brown, I feel like it's dog or pass at this price. But I feel like it's going to come down to Matt Brown, you know, doing something in the clinch. But McGee knows how to. Compose himself in the clinch as well and knows how to get on his attacks. 
make Matt Brown work, make him tire. And even when Matt Brown is doing well, as it's normal for a fighter of his age, you get tired. Tired leads to bad optics, even though I don't feel like that Brian Barbarina fight was as controversial as some. And I feel like you could show the work easily on how Brian Barbarina uh, can justifiably win that fight, which I believe I had him. Don't quote me. There's too much to keep track of, but I believe that's what it is. The point is, whether or not you agree with it or not, I think we all can agree with the optics look pretty bad of Brown taking deep breaths and stuff through the back half of that fight. So maybe it's me not getting that out of my head, but I'll probably lean McGee, but don't be surprised if you see a Brown pick rooting for Matt Brown as well, obviously, and anybody betting on him. Carl Williams, Sherwin Willi Sherman Williams. Uh, Williams minus 400. Jesus Christ, Sherman plus 310. Don't like this price any better the second time around. Uh, again, you know, Chase Williams looks, Chase Sherman looks great and happy on on socials, recently peeped over at him. Looks like he's in great shape. The problem is, doesn't look like he's having a great time in the octagon. And the problem is, regardless of how much we still need to see of Carl Williams, he is one of like three or four fighters who actually know how to wrestle in this whole division. So, Carl Williams by decision, possibly third round finish. Actually, Carl Williams round three finish. Ooh, um, that's the pick. Uh, Cody Stamen. Minus 165, Douglas De Silva, Dion Drugs, Andrade. Sorry, my guy Brad Tastrick has poisoned my, my name, uh, poisoned me with his nicknames. Uh, you guys know I'm a big Douglas De Silva fan uh, at Dog Money, especially at like Big Dog Money. I don't think he's at big enough dog money here, although I do think he's a live dog. Haven't looked into this matchup, siding towards Stamen. Um, don't be surprised if it's a Stamen pick, but I stay away. This matchup obviously interests me. I wish I could go to it but again my my time is so fucking strict i gotta push through folks and that means uh when the ufc fucks up and puts the best fights on the prelims uh, i get paid for breaking down the main card so that's just another reason why i fucking hate that i have to use my time uh on on certain fights like uh poteria olberg over stamen deandrage and stop saying they need to bring attention to the prelims it you definitely have no shit of an argument on these uh fight night uh dart throwing cards where they're just throwing darts at the wall even for those of you you know oh Robbie Lawler retirement fight oh no 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 it's okay for him because don't you realize it's the headlining final the prelims feed into the main card it's so important shut up the UFC has lost all credibility to use that excuse alright when Dana White himself the guy who doesn't admit that power slap you know with the, the ratings and stuff and I'm not you know trying to shit on the people who have to work on that and, and work on that show and get a paycheck for that much much love there but you guys know what I'm talking about here right the the Dana White pet project thing and um yeah even Dana White is actually admitting that they fuck up with some of those flyweight bookings like just to stop stop it's 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 bad card structure there's no excuses for it they're throwing darts it's ultimate filler of content right now they're struggling to keep up D Dana's talking about matchups on these promo cards announcing matchups that are canceled uh, the wrong stats on legends like Lawler saying he was like, you know, champions in places he wasn't even. Cha There's just too much. None of these fuckers can keep up anymore. No, no one can keep up. Now, why do you think I'm going so crazy over here? That it's actually heartening to me, to hear. You know. Anyways, um, Natan Levy minus two fifty. Pete Rodriguez plus two hundred. Uh, I'm probably leaning toward Levy for m more dynamic offense, but I feel like Pete Rodriguez is a live dog in this spot, and I feel like this spot in general is dog or pass territory. But I didn't do the tape, so don't take my word to the bank. Ji Young Kim minus 210. Mandy Baum 
Plus 170, I'll probably pick Kim. I think this fight was meant supposed to happen and got pushed back. I don't know. Don't care. Pushing on. Shout out to my guy, Coach D, though. If he is uh, in the corner of Mandy Baum, of course, I will have rooting interest there. But um, the betting spread does not look off to me, I guess. Brian Battle, plus 110. Gabe Green, minus 135. I don't know how short notice Brian Battle's taking this. I know it's not super short notice, but it's also not full notice either. Uh, I do like Gabe's Green's pressure. I haven't been able to look at this fight. Shout out to my guy Aaron Bronstetter who had excellent analysis on his podcast citing the body work of one Gabe Green and the pressure of him. Um, I will uh, go with that. Uh, let's see. What did he open as? Uh, plus 105. Okay. Uh, but money has come in on him. I guess I'm with the public. I'll lean Gabe Green, but this isn't a fight I'm trying to die on a hill for. Um, so Pete, my picks at Dan Tom MMA on fight day. Jessica Rose Clark, minus 105. Uh, Tenada Lisboa, uh, minus 115. I believe she opened as the dog. But, of course, everybody loves to fade Jessica Rose Clark or fade the veteran for the new uh, fighter uh, on the block. Um, so, for that reason, and my bias toward Jesse Jess, I want Jessica Rose Clark to win. Uh, and no offense to any of my friends who are on the other side. Um, I just hate the classic spots where we're just like, oh, let's fade this person. Uh, whether it's the dynamic whether it's the dynamic, because I hate that dynamic, and I'm always going to be rooting for the more proven, more prospect, more veteran uh, person, uh, but also because, you know, or if it's personal, it's like I even more, you know, if you personally just hate someone and want to fade them, then you know what, maybe it's the contrarian in me, I still love you, but I'm sorry. Hope you lose that one. <laughs> for my girl, Jesse Jess. But uh, yeah, we'll see. I would not be surprised if the new girl on the block one and uh y'all cast your bets and i'd be happy for you who are friends of mine by the way you guys know that I'm just just talking shit because you know uh let's be honest uh yeah whether it's me or the sides that i choose to be on um you know it's usually the underdog sides uh so uh, uh lacking the love so we'll go there how did we do on time 140 all right i'll try to do a little bit of cleanup here i apologize if you guys miss not that i deserve it but yes i do have these videos monetized for super chats you can tip if I, my ass finally does hit, but I've lost uh, not so much as in units, you know, despite the haters want to overblow it. But, yes, I'm definitely not hiding from the losses. A lot of losses this year. I don't deserve it. But for questions, uh, if you want priority and not exclusivity, obviously I answer everybody's no matter what. I keep that same energy. But even with my low numbers, it's still hard to keep up with all you guys and try to keep on time. So, again, priority, not exclusivity uh, for those uh anybody who does these super chats so um let's go through uh crumbopolis rosen maybe it's just me but ian gary quoting conor mcgregor doesn't make him charismatic no it does not i'm not trying to hate on the kid but yeah does not do anything for me mark fellows dt ufc 290 is stacked with australian fighters yeah baby um, going with that theme, he says, do you believe that Jake Matthews should be added to the card? You, you know you wanted me to say it that way, Mark Fellows. Um, I would love to see it, but I, I his last performance kind of worried me. Um, you know, regardless of what you think the ceiling is for Jake Matthews, uh, I do think, you know, not rushing into a fight would be good. Uh, it felt like that's what was going on for some, you know, uh, you know, he, he's not one to be shy to talk about money and good for good, good on these fighters. Go get your money, boys. But, uh, yeah, I felt like he jumped into that. Could have waited, you know, for uh, a more Australian-friendly card. So we'll see there. Um, Marcus Mustard, UFC Charlotte. Who's coming with me? Uh, 
I'll probably know people in the crowd, actually. Shout out to anyone going. Ghost Phantom. Dana White taking a page out of Chatri's book by talking bullocks of hyperinflation for his numbers. I know. And then Chatri taking a, a page out of Dana White's book talking about, you know, uh, he's talking about a lot of stuff. So I can't even keep up. But yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's hilarious. Um, Rio says in Truesdale, repost, how do you think Yan Zhao Nan would do against Wei Li? I've seen people lose their minds saying Wei Li would just get KO'd since Wei Li is just like Andrade. It can't be that simple, right? No, it can't. Although I will say something I noted uh, before, and I said in my breakdown, and I wrote down to watch out for, is that Yan Zhaonan has been getting better at counters, and then sure enough, she counters and KOs her. So even though I would tell people to pump the brakes on that a little bit before, there is much more credence to that argument. I don't feel like anybody should be fucking saying anything's a, a, a guarantee. You know, I hate that stuff because it's really annoying because those people who don't do the work on it end up being right. Where me, I go and show the work and I end up being wrong and having to eat shit and then having it rubbed in my face while people who like to kick you walk down. So yeah, of course, I hate that attitude. Uh, but at the same time, uh, for the take itself, it's not the craziest take and even less crazier. I still favor Wei Li, but it's a much less crazier take uh, from what we've been seeing out of Xiao Nan uh, as of late, not just Saturday. Um, Edgelord VB Anko says, so I'm not the only one who thinks UFC is doing filler content, ultimate filler content. I've said that and quoted that for years here, the last couple of years now. So, yep. No, I've, I've been keeping that same energy. You're not alone, sir. Thank you for chiming in, though. I appreciate that. All right. Uh, sorry if I missed your guys' comments. I want to try to get out of here, and I don't want it to, uh, you know, get too uh, crazy. My guy, Dustin Love, another shout to him in the house. Thank you guys all and gals uh, all for joining me. I appreciate it. Hopefully, I didn't get too sidetracked. Hopefully, we kept the energy um, somewhat positive. Oh, I wrote, stuff or get stuffed with Jailton. Yeah, that's... That's it. That it's it's stuff or get stuffed, pretty much. That's the story of the main event. It's stuff or get stuffed, if you know what I mean. Y yes, Dan, yes, like a Thanksgiving turkey. All right, moving on. We're going to recap, pick some plays, and get the fuck out of here. Be sure to like the video, Got, especially now, likes, and then five-star ratings and reviews, especially after the hate campaigns I have to go through. Engagement does help my algorithm, so the haters are still helping my algorithm. But that being said... Let's make sure the positive stuff outweighs as well as shows up at the top. So right now, taking any time, listeners of this, live, audio, video, watchback, please hit the five-star rating. Leave a quick review, even if it's bullshit. Just, just something positive would be amazing on uh, Apple Podcasts or anywhere else. Hit the thumbs up on this video, please. Uh, the shares, the likes, the, the, the retweets. I give a shit about the followers and stuff about that at this point, uh, but for visibility so I can at least make something of this keep me encouraged to keep doing this for you guys to keep doing this for free like I have been to keep that same energy just help me just a little bit the likes the shares positive reviews comments appreciate it do not take any of it for granted and absolutely remembering uh, not so much as much the haters though an elephant never forgets, but I'm definitely not forgetting the motherfucking real ones like the Southpaw podcast, my guys, Sam Yang and Jason Sargas. I haven't listened yet, but apparently uh, I was told they gave me some love on that show, which is nice. Not a lot of people want to mention my name or, or kind of be by me right now. So again, shout out to the real ones, man. Um, whether you're in MMA gambling Twitter or not. Recapping, Bellator 296, taking Musasi over Edwards, taking... Uh, 
Barnoui over Primus taking uh, Van Penis over Lima. I don't think I broke down that fight, sorry. But yeah, uh, Van Stenis, uh more aggressive, more volume. And um, uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, has takedowns in his back pocket. Uh, Lima, we'll see. I, I love Lima. Hopefully I'm wrong. Uh, didn't play it. Uh, taking uh, Guti by decision over Musa, uh, not confident in that. Um, no, no plays on Bellator. No thoughts. Otherwise, for UFC, the main thing: recapping, taking the jail man, <laughs> going to pound town like the half baked, uh, like the half baked uh, meme over there, baby. He's like the embodiment of it. Taking jail man over Rosenstrach, Rosenstrach, taking Smith over Walker, taking. Uh, Machado Gary, I'm not here to take part. I'm here to be Brazilian over D-Rod, which is probably a nickname for his dick. Rodriguez taking Oberg fantasy Jewish fightly, probably. You got to check my quick picks and prognostications over fight day to see if I do take Oberg over Potiera, the uh, dancing over Shogun's grave guy. Taking Tim Means, the dirty bird, over Alex Morono. Uh, probably leaning toward McGee over Brown. Check my... Uh, Final picks at Dan Tom MMA on Twitter on fight day. Uh, taking Williams over Sherman, round three, but not confident. Uh, probably taking Stamen over Douglas De Silva, but check my, again, picks, uh, final post and pick some plays at Dan Tom MMA on Twitter on fight day. Uh, leaning toward Levy over Rodriguez, but Rodriguez is a live dog. Check my uh, picks and plays uh, officially posted on fight day at Dan Tom MMA. Um, probably leaning toward Kim over Bohm, but again, beat me at Dan Tom MMA on fight day. Uh, leaning toward Gabe Green over Brian Battle, but no strong opinions there. Again, can confirm with me. Checking out the Twitter feed at Dan Tom MMA over on Twitter on Fight Day, and taking Jessica Rose Clark over Lisboa, but not confident in it. Uh, as far as picks, as for right now, uh, Smith straight play minus 110, 1.110 unit for a unit return means plus 196 one unit. Uh, on that, Jailman, round one, plus 100, 1.5 units. A uh, little hedge there. Rosenstruck by KO, plus 500.33 units for the potential hedge. Uh, Smith, round three, plus 1,000.20. Nothing else officially. We'll see what I do for my round robin. I don't want to force it, but if I do, maybe I'll throw something, a means method, maybe a Jailman method, uh, maybe a, a Gary by KO in there, maybe a Smith round three. Maybe that makes it in the round robin or something. Or maybe I'll do that Williams round three if I really want to get degenerate, which would be really stupid unless something else pops up. Who knows? If I do one, though, of course, I will account for it as per usual, as I always do, on multiple mediums for multiple years, well over a decade, four, three. At Dan Tom MMA, at the PYN podcast on all social platforms, like, subscribe, really helps. Um, encourage me to get on things like Discord is what I'm thinking of. But, uh, yeah, appreciate you YouTubers here, the real ones. Like, subscribe, positive ratings and reviews. All the best this weekend, and always protect your nest.